Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ross's accountability. All the nonsense has to stop. Accountability. There's no more option. No BP. No more Mr. Nice Grandpa. Hold yourself accountable. Ross's accountability. If you go out there and stink. Accountability. David will get nasty and mean and he'll tell you what he thinks. Accountable, accountable. No more missing signs or sloppy fielding like last year. Accountability. If they're thrown out on the bases, Ross will get up in their faces. Ross's accountability lets all be responsible. Accountable. Doing their jobs out at Wrigley, be so accountable. Accountability, holding guys accountable. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to Cup of Sunranto Blue, your emergency Bleacher Bunch mashup home for breaking off-season news. We are proudly affiliated with the Fans First Sports Network. I'm Sarah Sanchez, and I definitely did not have Craig Council to manage the Cubs on my hot stove bingo card, but here we are. And y'all, as always, I am joined by Danny Rocket, who clearly has accountability on the brain. Danny, how's it going? I am just shocked today, Sarah. Just absolutely flabbergasted. I cannot believe that Jared Young is a cardinal. He's <laughs> breaking my heart. Yeah, Jeremiah Estrada to the Padres, too. I mean, the news is all over the place. but Oh, it's hot and heavy. Truly the big news of the day. And I, I admit I'm stunned. I, I feel like I watch this team as closely as anybody. One of the things that I believe was, like, stunning about this, nothing leaked. 
There was no rumor that David Ross was on the hot seat. Jed Hoyer's press conference at the end of the year indicated that they were happy with David Ross. They were going to bring him back, that all of the flaws that they thought they saw in the September collapse from roster problems, not necessarily management problems, but it looks like something similar to what happened in 2015 when Joe Madden joined the team uh, happened here, which is they had a manager they liked. They had a manager who was really good. They had a manager that they thought was going to do good things. And then a manager who is outstanding and could do great things became available. And frankly, I did not think Jed Hoyer had this in him, but I love that he did. Let's just start at the meta level. Wow. And why, Danny? Well, first of all, I'd like to everybody to take their hand and just pat themselves on the back. Every single Cub fan that complained that about David Ross and what a terrible manager he was, all his dumb matchups that he'd make, the times he lost the DH, the bullpen moves that never seemed to work, um, the the bunting, the I mean, just uh, thing after thing, we could just leave it in the past because we don't have to see it anymore. And I'd like to thank every single Cubs fan that pounded the table on David Ross's demise, and he is now gone and replaced with a guy who's arguably one of the best managers in baseball. And we've seen it up close and personal, and it's now it's on our side, which is wonderful to see. I mean, truly, I was thinking about this. I was like, Council is top three in the game. And I only say three rather than two because I'm fairly certain like Bochi is like next level manager, but with the retirement of Terry Francona, like Council is probably the second best manager in the game. There might be another guy out there who some people like more. I don't like anyone else more. A couple of things here that I thought were super interesting. Craig Council, the rumors were it was going to be the Mets or maybe Cleveland. That He had a lot of different teams that were interested in his services after the job that he has done with the Milwaukee Brewers. And I don't know how many people pay attention to like market size or media market base or anything like that. But I've looked at it a handful of times for articles I've worked on. Milwaukee is the smallest market in Major League Baseball. And and it's not particular like it's like one of these places that doesn't have the Chicago media. It doesn't have their own network, right? Like it doesn't have that same sort of spotlight on it that you can get with the Chicago Cubs. And as I was listening to the coverage on Marquee Sports Network today, which by the way, I know we give Marquee some shade sometimes on this channel. Like they were excellent today. They had absolutely everything. They had all the people breaking down the timeline. They had Jim Deshays in there, fresh from being interrupted with a sandwich to come join the show. I mean, they, they did a great job with the coverage today. And when they brought on uh, John Morosi, he talked about how Chicago is really a perfect fit for uh, Craig Council because he's a Midwest guy. He's still got kids who are in high school. This gives him a premier managing opportunity without moving to the East Coast or to the West Coast, right? And it has to symbol, symbolize to me, and I can't believe I'm about to say this after all the times I said Jed would never do this. This team has to be in on some of those big free agents because why is Craig Council coming here to get all the resources of a big market team if they're not going to act like a big market team? I'll tell you why. Facebook user, I don't know who this is, but they're speaking wide, wide, wide wise words. Sorry. Council did it with less, so we will see what other moves will happen. So 
Here's why the Cubs went and got Craig Council because he can do it with less. He is the guy that you could throw a bunch of pieces at, and he's going to figure out how to do it. You're not getting Otani. You're not getting Juan Soto. You're getting Craig Council and all the clouds that went out there last year because he's, you might even get Eric Hosmer back because that is, I'm <laughs> just kidding. But honestly, not like, today, but, but it, that is his main talent is taking pieces that you haven't heard of. Now, granted, he had some high-end arms. They had better pitchers than the Cubs in the bullpen. That's where we failed at the end of last year was in our bullpen. So, uh, you know, give Craig Council that. Does it get better? If Craig Council was our manager last year, how many more games is it worth? I'm saying five. I think it's worth five, too. No, I five is exactly the number that I landed on, too. And incidentally, I'm pretty sure that JD alluded to five as well when he was talking on Marquee. But five games puts the Cubs in the playoffs, right? Like five games is the difference between the Chicago Cubs being in one of those wild card games and not. And I, you know, quantifying managerial wins is really hard. I read a piece. I want to say it was on fan graphs a few years ago, but it might have been baseball prospectus. So I don't want to like I, I don't remember where I read it. I'm going to go look it up while I'm working on uh, my take on this uh, incredible move tonight for Bleed Cubby Blue. But the bottom line was there's so many variables in play, right? Like you're making a decision about which arm to bring in, but ultimately that guy has to pitch. You're making a decision about whether somebody should hit and run in a situation or whether they should bunt, but ultimately the players have to execute on that particular decision. So stunning, wonderful move by the Cubs. You know, you mentioned um, money doing more with less. One of the things that I'm going to be diving into in my piece tomorrow that I'm already just, this is a super smart move by Jed Hoyer and, I have given him so much grief for the phrase intelligent spending, but this might be the most intelligent spending that he has ever done. Because if you wanted to add an outfielder who was worth five more wins than Ian Happ, you would have to pay that guy $25 million more a season to play outfield for the Chicago Cubs. If you want to add a manager for five more wins than David Ross, it's $3 million to add the manager. That's how big the gap is between managerial pay and player pay. And my favorite element of this deal so far is that apparently council saw the opportunity that he had with four teams in on the bidding for his services, reached out to the Cubs and was like, I would like, let's get a deal done where I can bump up the bar for what managers make in Major League Baseball, period. And that's from uh, Bruce Levine interviewed on Marquee Sports Network earlier today. I have that clip on my Twitter feed. So if you want to watch that one for yourself, you absolutely should. But talk about a good dude. He's out there looking out for the salaries of coaches everywhere and reaches out to the Cubs to get it done. And apparently it came together fast. Yeah, it was really just absolutely shocking news. I was so disappointed to think how in I thought the Cubs front office was actually in on David Ross because it seemed like they had full confidence in him where we didn't. They're like, no, he's, he's, you know, it, it seemed like he was a company man and that, uh, that it was that chain of command that they liked to happen. They fired other coaches first. They fired Chris Young and they got rid of Craig driver first. So you would have thought that maybe if you're going to sweep people out, you just do it all at once. But uh, so there, I don't know what happened behind the scenes there that you are firing because there were other managers fired first, right? The Padres manager was fired. 
Yeah, there was a ton of movement, right? So you had the Padres uh, opening, you had the Mets opening, you had the Giants opening. There were lots of teams out there that could have come together. But And again, uh, hat tip to Bruce Levine for this one because he's the guy who had it on Marquee Sports Network. But it sounds like Craig Council took a look at the opportunity he had with so many teams in the bidding, and he decided that he was going to do a thing where he was going to reach out to the Cubs and see if the Cubs wanted to were interested in his services at the price tag that they settled on. And that makes Craig Council the highest paid manager in baseball. It sets the bar at $8 million a year. There's no chance that they could make that type of impact for a $3 million player in the off season. Like I just, I love everything about this move. Yeah. It's, it's really exciting. I just, I wonder how it'll play. And, you know, as a fan too, you know, I know if you've been watching the Cubs a long time, he's been managing the brewers a long time and he's been in that other dugout annoying the living crap out of all of us. And I've, I've looked through my tweets and I've said some choice words about Craig council and the fact, mostly because I'm mad that he's so good and it always screws over the Cubs. Like, why don't, why don't we have somebody as crafty as Craig council? Um, So I'm wondering if I can get over I think I can. I get over some of my like, you know, I used to call him a rat face and say terrible things about him. And, uh, you know, and I need to absolutely turn that around and uh, delete all my old tweets so that (laughs) nobody knows that I ever said anything bad, especially him. In case I ever meet him, Um, he won't know all the trash I talked about him when he was in the other dugout. I mean, he really I got a, a, a text. You know, let me see if I can find it couple of texts. First of all, um, Eric Wheelow, who, if you watch the Sun Rancho show, he's our resident. Yeah, how's Wheelow? Is Wheelow doing okay? Like, I was worried about Wheelow earlier today, so not going to lie. So many people texted me right away. And all right, here's my Wheelow one. He said, um, you have to be effing kidding me. <laughs> effing turncoat. I'm speechless. This is the absolute worst case scenario and then he goes on to say, uh, this one hurts a lot. I'm shocked. Just goes to show he hates our ownership as much as we do as fans. Poverty franchise. Oh, it's got some shades of uh, who's uh, what's his name? The, the OJ Simpson character that tweets about the Brewers. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Kato Kalen. Kato K- That's got some shades of Kato Kalen. Somebody go check on Wheelow. Yeah, but at least this time, there's maybe a reason to feel that way. You know, Cato goes off because a, a guy struck out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, least... let's, talk, let's talk about this a little bit, though, because I think that Cubs fans have had a similar complaint about our ownership, but just like on orders of magnitude, right? Like clearly the Brewers spend less than the Cubs and they never are in on some of those bigger moves. They're always churning to try to like get advantages in terms of, uh, prospects and whatnot. This is why they flipped Josh Hader with two years left on his deal, for example, to try to get some prospects back to turn that around, even though they, they Devin Williams was not quite ready to take over for Josh Hader at that moment in time. And I wonder, you know, Cubs fans have worried that the Cubs don't act like the juggernaut they should. They don't act like the Yankees. They don't act like the Dodgers. They don't go out there like the Giants and try to put out the $250 million contract. Is this a sign that the Cubs are going to go out and try to spend more, or is it a sign that they're going to go out and still try to do those mid-level moves, right? Like the Jordan Montgomery instead of the Aaron Nola 
but now they have Craig Council, so they can just get the most out of those moves. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I think that this is the move that Cubs fans should be a little frightened about. Like, it doesn't mean you're Craig Council's entire uh, talent is finding the, you know, the uh, diamond in the rough to, you know, be able to get maximize his roster the best he possibly can. He he knows how to when to bunch. He knows when to hold them and fold them and all that stuff. And that's what they wanted. That's what they're willing to pay $8 million for. And maybe it means you can do more with less. So that is my fear. Um, but we are still the freaking Chicago Cubs with some money to spend. I mean, Hayward is off the books, y'all. So, and Marcus Stroman's off the books. I know we're going to get to that, but that's a lot of money right there too. So they've got a lot of money to spend. So I'm hoping you go Craig Council and then you load up with stars, like bring back belly trade for Juan Soto. Like, let's get this thing going and let's just mash this year. And um, why not? I want here more in 24 here for it. So I have not fact checked this story. I have no idea if it's apocryphal, true or false, but this came to me on Twitter when I was tweeting about how much I like uh, Craig council these days. And Josh D at policy, Josh says, did you see the one where Prince Fielder said he was thinking about bunting and council said he'd punch him in the face if he did. <laughs> I need this story to be true. Somebody, somebody fact check this for me and, and find me the video on this or the quote or the original article or something, because please, yes, never bunt, never bunt. Like so far, all I know about Craig council is that he has been more successful than David Ross. He has excellent labor instincts. He wants to do good things for other managers and coaches in the business business. He understands that the Midwest is a much better place to live than New York city. And he apparently told Prince Fielder, he would punch him in the face if he ever bunted. Yeah. I would never tell Prince Fielder. I would punch him in the face. That just seems like a death <laughs> sentence. So I don't know how smart Craig council really is. If he's telling Prince Fielder something like that, like that seems dangerous. That seems, um, yeah, and even Facebook user says, I have wanted to punch counsel in the face for years. I got a, a tweet from Carrie Meyer. She said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need an emergency podcast about this hideous news. So she's not a, that big of a fan just because she's been not a fan of counsel for so long. It's so it's like it kind of reminds me of when we got Jim Edmonds, you know, it's just like he was good. But yeah, but I, I, I got over my Jim Edmonds hate within about, I don't know, a month. It was weird for like a month and then he did something good. And I was like, I'm in, it's fine. This is great. I, I am, I, I'm going to push back on like, I don't think I have old Craig council tweets. I mean, I might go through and double check, but I don't hate him. I never have. He's not somebody that I am like, like I hated Tony LaRusa, man. Like Tony LaRusa coming to the Cubs would be the worst. Somebody at first pitch Arizona this weekend asked me how I would feel if Yachty Molina came in to manage the Cubs. And I, oh. that, that's a level of like, you know, bring in AJ Brzezinski to manage the Cubs. That's like heart dagger to the soul of a Cubs fan, right? I don't feel that way about Craig Council. I'm just annoyed that he has been beating the Chicago Cubs at like every level of managerial chess for multiple years now. And so I'm pretty thrilled that he's going to be moving those pieces around for my favorite team. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm not, I'm going to let my pit, my petty past, um, you know, hatreds. And it was only, I wouldn't have hated him if he was, you know, the manager of the Mariners or something and winning up there. It's just that we just saw him so much. Um, Jose Orlando says time to put Wheelow on a five minute bitch clock. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll have to make one of those. I think 
We're trying to figure get Wheelow on maybe tomorrow night. We're trying to figure out when we're going to record the Sun Ranto show. This is just an emergency me and Sarah podcast for a cup of cubby blue. Um, so anyway, I'm thrilled. It's uh, it, I, I hope it portends more spending because if I know that it's not the kind of thing where uh, the manager counts against your payroll, you know, at all, but it means that they're just all in at getting the top talent that there is out there. So if that goes to the pitchers, then maybe we get Yamamoto, maybe we get Blake Snell, like, you know, um, they, they cut, now they need two guys like, right. I mean, because they, um, Stroman walks and it, and I don't think they wanted Stroman back. I think Stroman walking for us might be a really great thing. I was not sad to hear that news. I was only sad for our friend Levante with the lost boys. Cause they had a relationship with the kids here in Chicago. Maybe we'll go to the white Sox. you know, that'd be cool. Yeah. Let, we're going to talk about Strowman in a second. I do want to, uh, a couple of people have come to me with this one, you know, Council's a, a Notre Dame dude and I am a Notre Dame gal. So like, I'm loving the idea that we've got some Notre Dame uh, management skills here in the business, but let's, you know, before we get to the Strowman side of this, there is a person I do want to talk about here. And I think it's a little bit polarizing for Cubs fans, David Ross. David Ross, World Series champion David Ross, got carried off the field in Game 7, hit a home run in Game 7 of the World Series to help break a 108-year-old curse like we had. I don't know if, how many people who are watching this right now have read the introduction that Theo Epstein wrote to David Ross's book, Teammate, but if you read that introduction that was penned a full two years before Ross was hired to manage the Cubs, you saw Ross as the next manager of the Cubs coming. It was very clear. He was a guy that they had sort of pinned down as top tier managerial talent when he was a backup catcher, that they liked a lot of things about him. And I know that we have all had problems with like a bullpen decision here or there. Eric Hosmer played way too many games last year. Trey Mancini played way too many games last year. I pulled my hair out every time I saw Tucker Barnhart in the lineup for hashtag reasons. I was like, what could he possibly do that would be helpful? And I am convinced that all of those things result in the five wins that kept the Cubs out of the playoffs last year. So it's not even like I'm surprised. At the same time, I think David Ross is a manager who was in the top third in MLB last year. Like he wasn't bad. There are a bunch of teams out there who could hire him and it would be an improvement over their current management situation. What is David Ross's legacy with the Chicago Cubs? And and I mean, I kind of feel for the guy. I mean, I he did great things for this franchise. I, I thought he sucked. I mean, I thought he, I'm sorry to put it so bluntly. Here's a guy and it's maybe not his fault. You know, you throw him into the deep end of the pool with absolutely no experience as a manager. Dude's first year was COVID. First year, you know, he's managing that. He's managing the team. So everybody gives him a pass. Second year, you get Blue Friday. Everybody gets traded off the team. All his old dudes. The reason you hired him in the first place was to put that band back together. The Rizzo Ross band. And if and they were going to go to the playoffs that year, they did not. So and it was a failure. That that year was a failure. They had to sell off because they stunk, you know. With the old core, they stunk. So, um, you know. So I got to say that it's really been a ride downhill with with that guy. So and this year, they finally give him a team. Now, it's his fault for throwing Hosmer being uh, in Mancini. It's his fault for being too uh, veteran oriented for the team. Um, it's his fault for not 
recognizing the talent of Nelson Velasquez. It's his fault for taking a guy that hits a grand slam. This happened multiple times last year. A guy hits a grand slam and gets benched in freaking sane. That's just not how baseball works. He has got absolute. He had no experience. Now, now he has some experience. So do I think he was so freaking God horrible that he couldn't get more experience and learn to be a better manager? Yeah. But whatever was going on with him this year was not good. He was, I thought, a poor manager in the fact that even with all the things that were going wrong with the team, he made it even worse. He he took a bad situation and made it worse. So um, I've never been so frustrated with a manager. Never. Um, little Yumper says. Oh, come on. <laughs> never? No, never. Mike my, Quaddy managed this team. Dale Spame was like I, put in charge of the Cubs on purpose. I watched Jim I, Riggleman do I absolutely bonkers things. And you're telling me David Ross was the most infuriated you've ever been? Because I didn't expect anything from those teams. Those teams were supposed to stink. This team was supposed to be good. He got, it was him managing in 2021 with the core, with the band back together. And Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, and all those clowns couldn't put it together. And under the tutelage of David Ross, were they too loose? Were they not paying attention? Was Javi too stoned? I don't know. But like, it didn't work. And everything, nothing David Ross ever did worked except for in the pandemic season, which was does absolutely not count. If that, <laughs> don't if tell that, that to Dodgers fans. That's their Asterix World Series. I'll uh, tell him. I'll tell him to his face. You've got Tommy a friend in sort of ghost. You've got a friend in Little Yumper, Danny. Uh, he's quoting you here. I don't mean to be blunt, but he sucked, <laughs> Danny. I I think that there are a lot of Cubs fans who feel the same. I, I'm not. I just have to admit that, like, right after the Cubs won the World Series when the World Series jerseys were out and I had a choice for which jersey I was going to buy with that World Series patch on it, I am not remotely ashamed to admit that the jersey I went out and got was the David Ross jersey. I feel like what David Ross did as a member of that team, as the backup catcher, as the like Grandpa Rossi figure making stuff happen down the stretch, I thought that was meaningful and important. I think the only guy that maybe had as big of an impact on that World Series team, both with his bat and his leadership and his presence, was Ben Zobrist. And I think that those two dudes not being there in that period of like 2018, 2019 was sort of the different, that was the end for Joe Madden, right? Like, and no shade to Joe Madden, who I adore. I think Joe Madden should also be getting some looks for some of these managerial openings if he is so inclined to take one of them. But I think it's it always seemed to me like David Ross and, Ben Zobers had a huge impact on those teams. And so I'm sad to see his tenure as Cubs manager come to an end in a way that must have truly been shocking, right? Like if you're David Ross, from what I can tell, piecing together the timeline here, and we had a great quote, a great comment, uh, just a few, few back here. I wish I could find it. Maybe you can, Danny, while I'm talking about it, about the timeline here that says the Cubs would not have gotten permission from the Brewers to speak to Craig Council, which means that there's no possible way any conversation happened on any of this prior to the first day of November, because the Brewers would have had to grant permission for the Cubs to talk to council. And they most certainly would not have, there's just no way that they would have. I think we can all agree on that. But from what I was hearing earlier today, again, Bruce Levine on it with this on marquee sports network, if you get a chance to go back and record the Cubs 360 live that uh, is running on repeat right now on Marquee Sports Network. You absolutely should watch it. There's some great nuggets there. 
that he said this came together in 30 hours, that council's people reached out to the Cubs to see if they could get a contract done of this magnitude, and it came together. Jed Hoyer got on a plane to go talk to David Ross, like, today, I think. Wow. I mean, this is... Right. That's why this didn't leak. It it happened like while we were sleeping. So you know, you know that you want to talk to the Cubs, and you know that David Ross is already the manager of the Chicago Cubs with a con under contract for the Chicago Cubs, and you have the nerve to call up and take another dude's job. I mean, oh yeah, this is some mercenary level shit from both Council and from Jed Hoyer. Like there is some like YOLO. You only live once mercenary ninja shit going on here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The John Veen is in the chat here says, should we be giving council props for looking out for other managers? If he shivved Ross? Yeah. I mean, he's, and he set the market at 8 million. Uh, is that what he's getting? 8 million, 8 million. And, yeah. And for five years, the 5 million was Milwaukee. Five and a half million was Milwaukee's best offer. And I guess the Mets didn't want to pay him or they didn't link, uh, link up on um you know just philosophy maybe it could have been but um yeah and i don't know a lot i love that i love how by the way thanks for everybody for showing up here we've had a lot of people here in the chat we've had a lot of people uh watching tonight and it's it's kind of fun to have some excitement in cubland on november 6th unfortunately it's not a world series parade that we've just attended and are celebrating together but uh instead it is uh, maybe a, a prelude to it. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, and we've got Terry, and uh, I have not listened to David Kaplan's emergency pod today, but I'm definitely going to do that as soon as we are done here. He said that nobody in the Cubs building knew this was happening until Jed called everyone at noon today. If you go look at your phone, I think the alert started going out, out right around like 1220, 1225. I mean, we are, this is cloak and dagger business from the Cubs front office. And frankly, I have given Jed Hoyer so much crap on this podcast. He, I, But this is this is maybe the best thing Jed Hoyer has ever done. Uh, I I cannot think of any move that Jed Hoyer has made with the Cubs, the Red Sox, the Padres, anyone that compares to what he pulled off here. 
It certainly is shocking. I know I was absolutely shocked. I looked out as that I was working. I looked down at my phone. I had like, you know, 43 alerts and everybody texted me and I'm like, Oh my God, what happened? And uh, it took me a second. Cause it was just everybody saying, Oh my God, I can you believe it? Like, you know, just exclamation points, gifts of jumping up and down. I was like, what happened? Did we get, you know, Otani? Like, now that's now that would be even more shocking. <laughs> I love this comment from Rogue Wave Creative. Sarah rules. Danny is okay. Bless you. We love you. Uh, <laughs> Danny <laughs> rules too. Danny is truly the best, but we appreciate the support. Uh, I do. So the way I found this out, I had, I, I flew back from First Pitch Arizona last night on a red eye. So I took today off of my day job and I, I got in at like five o'clock in the morning, slept until about 1030, just trying to like feel like a human. I had one meeting that I had to take today and it happened to be right when all of this was going down. And so my phone was in the other room. I didn't see the alerts as they came off. I took my meeting. I'm just kind of doing my thing. And when the meeting is over, I go check my Twitter uh, and Jeff Zimmerman had tweeted me a Bob Nightingale like bad tweet. And I was like, why is Jeff sending me Bob Nightingale being wrong? about the Mets and the Brewers. And I was like, the only possible reason would be if the Cubs were involved. And then I figured it out. So thanks for that, Jeff. That was a great way to figure out what was going on there. Uh, <laughs> the Cubs hiring one of the best managers in baseball to lead my favorite team. Can, can I put up a tweet real quick? I just yeah, screenshotted this on Twitter. Aunt Susie, I am Sue too. I don't know if you follow her on Twitter. I do. She's great. Yeah, so she says, I still say if the Cubs had a great stretch in September and made it to the playoffs, Ross would still be the manager. I know some of y'all disagree. I don't believe it was as simple as Craig was available. But uh, what do you make of that? The fact that it was actually good that the Cubs faded down the stretch, even though you mostly have to blame an injured bullpen. You know, um, it's I, I think, no, I think she's right. But I mean, it goes back to think about the song that you played to un to open this podcast, the Rossi's accountability thing like that was the whole the idea was that the team would be less streaky and that they would be more consistent with a guy, an old school baseball guy like David Ross at the helm. And, you know, like that, that song is a little tongue in cheek and it's funny and yada, yada. But I think that them being so they were either the best team in baseball or the worst team in baseball for the entire 2023 season. There was no in between, right? Like one of the reasons people talk about the Cubs run differential as an indicator that they should have made the playoffs. And that is true. But part of the reason their run differential was so high is because they would just come out and score. Like they dropped 20 runs on the reds one day and 16 runs on the reds the next day, and then lose the season series to the Reds. So that streakiness ultimately is one of the things that did them in. And some of that is on the manager. I think a lot of it is on the manager. I'm not saying that the Cubs had the best roster in the world this past year, but they certainly played behind their Pythag, whatever you make of that. I like this comment from a Facebook user. According to some Brewers fans I follow, this is a bigger loss to Wisconsin sports fans than Brett Favre joining the Vikings, which, yikes, that is that is hardcore. Yeah. Yeah, and they're probably uh, having a vigil at Mars Cheese Castle right now, right up on the, <laughs> off the highway in 94. Hey, man, that cheese is delicious. I mean, you've got to think that the brewers are just blowing it up right now. I mean, they've, the got, they've got Brandon Woodruff's on the shelf. They've got a lot of expiring contracts. Um, they do have a, a fine rookie core, but um, 
they're probably going to completely reset. And that in and of itself is good news for the Cubs. That is good news for the Cubs. And it's also, I mean, I can understand why council would want to start a new chapter, right? As everything is about to blow up there. Uh, thanks to Josh, by the way, who had sent me that uh, anecdote about Craig council earlier. He, he says now sent me the tweet from Adam McCalvey, who's a Brewers beat writer. If you don't follow him, you should um, from 2018, October 13th, 2018, Prince Fielder asked to give an example of how Craig Council helped him as a teammate, quote, unquote. There was one time I was thinking about bunting. He told me if I bunted, he would punch me in the face. <laughs> um, so I guess I've got to write some Craig Council Christmas songs, huh? Oh, yeah. It's going to be a Craig Council Christmas caroling event. Craig Council, Craig Council, Craig Council rocks. That's hard to say, Craig Council. You have to I have to do a slower song like Silver Bells. Craig Council, Craig Council. <laughs> uh, let's um, talk about a couple of other elements of this news, and we'll let y'all get on with your with your days. If you have questions, though, you want to put them in the comments, we're happy to answer them. Do we think David Ross is going to get another opportunity this year, or is it frankly too late? I mean, I think that one of the things that might be unfortunate for Ross is that most of the interviewing that was going to happen over this offseason has happened, right? Like the Mets announced their managerial hire today. The Giants have already announced theirs. The Guardians announced theirs. Does David Ross get a shot this year or does he have to wait a little bit? I mean, they usually have to wait, don't you think? Like it seems like unless, I mean, he's not really a tenured manager in any way. You know, he's not some, he's not Dusty Baker. You know, he doesn't have, uh, or, or even, um, what's his name from the Mets who just got cans. Um, he's got well, a, Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter. he doesn't have a job right now either. He doesn't have a job. I was kind of hoping the Cubs might think about him, but I was like, ah, they love Ross. And, um, so it's like, I don't know when you, when you look at his pedigree, it's only the Cubs from 2020 to now. And I don't think that you would look at that body of work and be like, Oh, we got to get David Ross. He can go ride the bus in the minors if he wants to do it, which is what should have happened in the freaking first place. If not, try to get yourself a colored commentary job at the booth. You maybe are good at that. Or keep working on your dance moves, David. I got to know. Dance with the stars. You weren't that bad. I'm going to push back on the idea that David Ross doesn't have like any. And like, yes, you're right. His managerial experience is the Cubs from 2020 to now. He was a backup catcher for a bunch of teams that did very well. The Red Sox, that Red Sox team. Uh, I think it was 2013 uh, doesn't win without his presence there. He was a big part of that. Like maybe 2011, I might be mixing. No, it's 2013. Like that, that was the beard team. Like he had a big presence there. He was a big presence on that 2016 Cubs team. People are taking that and maybe they shouldn't, but they're giving the backup catcher because of their game planning roles, their pitching pitch calling roles, the way that they sort of exist in the clubhouse. A lot of credit for that. You're absolutely right on the color commentary role. He did a nice job with that with ESPN prior to joining the Cubs. And I just have to shout out some of these comments here in the chat because you're getting lots of good song suggestions. We've got Craig Council is coming to town. So I think that's one that's definitely got some legs. We've also got uh, from our friend, John Pincus. I saw Jetty kissing Craig Council. <laughs> so Danny, you're going to have to put your mind on this one. Um, I saw Jetty kissing Craig Council. Oh, I mean, that's good. That really, well, it, good. I don't know. It just kind of <laughs> goes a weird place right away. And then like, what do I, where do I go from there? You know what I mean? Like it's only going to get 
<laughs> weirder. <laughs> uh, we talked about William Contreras for a second, but I really want to lean into this tweet for one second because one of my favorite things about the Contreras brothers is that they wear their heart on their sleeve and they tweet. They put it on social, man. Like it's on Instagram. They will remove all their pictures, like the thing, whatever. And William Contreras was out there today with three face palm emojis when he apparently got the news. I hate this for William Contreras, who is one of my favorite players in the game. I love this for the players I like on the Cubs, because one of the frustrations that I had with David Ross as a manager, what did Nelson Velasquez have to do to get an opportunity in Chicago? He had 17 home runs this year in very limited playing time, and he hit most of them at Kauffman Stadium, which is not a home run friendly park. He definitely could have done that for the Chicago Cubs who needed pop in their lineup, but he never got a chance. Alexander Canario was just sitting on the bench while we watched Pete Crow Armstrong not hit the baseball at all. And Alexander Canario has got an OPS of like 1200 at the time, right? You've got Christopher Morrell doing Christopher Morrell things. And none of these dudes are really getting the look that they need at like a position. Christopher Morrell just needs a position. Just give him one place where he can master the defense and play every single day. And that dude is a potential all-star someday. What do we think about Craig Council's ability to manage some of the Cubs young talent that is coming up through the system? Yeah, I mean, well, that's all the Brewers ever had, right? So, I mean, it, it, maybe it is the absolute right choice for uh, this young crop. And, you know, we've got a million outfielders coming through, including all the guys you just mentioned. And uh, Canario's having a nice time of it down in the Dominican right now. He's, uh, well, actually, as he fell off a little bit, but um, James Triantos is making a case to be the MVP of the Arizona Fall League. I got to see him play in Phoenix this weekend. And prior to the Fall Stars game, I think he was hitting like 415 or 425 or something. I mean, he is getting Dustin Pedroia comps down there. And yes, please, I am here for it. If Craig Council can really get the most out of what is going on uh, with this Cubs farm system right now, that could be an incredible, incredible addition to this team. Yeah. Mike uh, Praz. Hey, Mike says uh, they taught magical third in the span of like two months and then they can do it with morale. It's like, why would you d do all that uh, training with Nikki five steps when you've got Christopher Morrell who could actually hit dongs? Like if they let him play every day, he might have hit like 40 home runs. They really needed that. Nelson Velasquez, it's a grand slam sits. Canario hit a grand slam and sat, you know, it, you know, none of it made any sense. So I'm kind of, I'm hopeful that council plays it differently. And the fact that the brewers were always bringing up guys, always having prospects. That's how they operated. Um, the fact that that was the, the case for him, it gives you hope that he's going to be great for our young prospects. Cause there's a huge crop coming through. We don't know who's going to hit We're the, you know, we got, we saw a lot of the pitchers start to rise to the top uh, last year. I think we're expecting a few more coming through uh, this year with maybe Ben Brown, maybe cracking the back of the rotation or something. You know, there are definitely spots, unfortunately, if we don't side anybody, but um you know, I, I just, I hated the way David Ross managed. So if this is any better then I'm, I'm thrilled. You know, uh, Terry e has a great point here that I think to his detriment, David Ross managed like he was still a backup catcher, tough love for the rookies, even if they performed. I think that is right. I think that it was way too hard for a Matt Mervis to establish himself in the face of the stylings of Trey Mancini and Eric Hosmer, like that just should not be a thing. Like Miguel Amaya should not be fighting for playing time with Tucker Barnhart. That isn't a thing that should ever exist in this franchise. And ultimately, I mean, 
I think it's easy to make the case that the the Cubs could have won five more games putting just their most talented young players in the lineup regularly and giving them opportunities to succeed. How many times did we watch like Jose Quas and Adbert Alzali like shut something down after all the games we watched, Michael Fulmer and Brad Boxberger just destroyed. Just like they would get the ball and the game was like out of reach next, next minute. It was, it was unbelievable. Let's talk about some of the players uh, who will not be part of the Craig Council Chicago Cubs. Marcus Stroman opts out. Um, I, I sort of saw this coming when I took a look at the pitcher market and where I thought some of these contracts would go. I was I was pretty convinced that he was going to do that. He's going to get a longer deal that's likely worth more AAV, more annual value than he would have got gotten for that $21 million with the Cubs. But Danny, you mentioned that we don't like this for our friend Levante, but we do like this for flexibility for the Cubs. I sort of see the Cubs taking that money and investing in a guy like Jordan Montgomery, who is basically Marcus Stroman from the left side, but will have a better defense behind him. What do you think? I mean, I have no idea what they'll do uh, because I think that maybe they didn't expect that Marcus Stroman was going to opt out. I, You were one of the few people, and you said it the other day on the Seth Kennedy Marathon podcast that we did on Thursday night, last Thursday, that – you thought that he might opt out and everybody I, I can see my face when you say that. I'm like, whoa, Michael Cotton, too, made a whoa face because I think it was a given. Crawley said later in the show, in fact, that he's like, well, Strowman's coming back because why would he opt out? He's got an injury history. And I think that was most what most people said. Now, he might re- regret, I, like you said at the beginning of tonight's uh, broadcast, you might regret because if you get Cray Council, uh, this team could look a lot different, but also this is Marcus Stroman's track record. He he doesn't like to get too comfortable any one place, and I feel like he's burned a few bridges in some cities that he's been in. I don't know what happened there. I mean, New York will turn on anybody, um, but uh, in Chicago, I see a lot of people not really liking him. I don't know if it was the best match. It certainly was from like a pitch-to-contact pitcher. We just won three gold gloves. So if you're a pitch to contact pitcher and you've got, you know, Nico and Nasby up the middle, like that is, you want that situation. That makes you a better pitcher. So I don't know what his problem is. I would have taken the 21 million. Maybe he thinks he can get more years. I don't know if he's going to get that AAV though. No, I mean, the history of injuries though. It's not about the injuries because uh, all of all pitchers get hurt. Like I just, I, I think that when you do this like over and over again, like, and you're like hyper extending to like leverage and like twist and whatever you're, you're doing damage here, right? Like damage here sure. and damage here. It's just a repetitive motion thing that the dudes who don't get hurt are the anomaly. The Nolan Ryans of the world are the like, wow, how did that happen? Right. Not the guys who get hurt over and over again. But yeah. I do think that, um, in Marcus Stroman's case, what he's looking at and what I what I saw and the reason I made that call is if you look at the starting pitchers who are available, and now that we know Clayton Kershaw had season-ending surgery, like Kershaw is not on this list anymore, right? You look at the pitchers who are available. Marcus Stroman is going to be one of the five top starting pitchers available. He has a track record of throwing 150-plus innings, usually closer to 180-plus innings. Those innings are going to be above the average line of what you would get from a replacement level starter or some guy you just call it from your farm system. And, and here's the crucial part, the teams who need those arms have money and will spend it. So it's like the Padres need a ton of pitching. The Phillies need a ton of pitching. 
the Mets need pitching. So there's a lot of money well, on the not, market. He's well, not he's going not go back there. Yeah. <laughs> he might. Who knows? It's like the most trolling move of all time. Welcome home, Marcus. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think that's I mean, likely. He was worth my point is he's going to get a bunch of money. What? I just don't think he's that good. He's 32 years old, which I know is not old, but like, I don't know. He's just he kind of really good until July. He was really good for the Cubs until July. He had like the second lowest ERA in the National League, and then he got hurt. Yeah, I, yeah, he was very good, I guess. But I mean, I don't know. But then he he fell apart. I don't know what to say. Like it was, it doesn't. He, it it, it wasn't my favorite. I like, hear that, but like wasn't... I'm just saying, the market is set in a way that it makes sense for Stroman to see what he can get on the market. Because a bare minimum, he's going to get himself a guaranteed job for three or four more years. But at maximum, he's going to get that job at more money than the Cubs were going to pay him this year anyway. That's their and, loss. Good, and good I, luck to you. And so, but you're absolutely right. That gives the Cubs some more financial flexibility to add a different starter to this mix and to sort of reset the team for Craig Council, right? Like Craig Council is not going to inherit all five of his starters. Like we can, he can have some input into who that starter should be, whether he wants a Jordan Montgomery type or an Aaron Nola type. And um, I, I think that that is a really interesting place for the Cubs to be. The guy that I want them to take a look at is this Yamamoto dude from Japan who this guy looks filthy. And I, I am here for giving, for adding to the Japanese contingent of Cubs baseball players. That'd be cool. Yeah. And he's won a bunch of awards, like the equivalent of the Japanese Cy Young uh, infield flag girl was talking about that the other day that he's just like, he has been the top pitcher in Japan. So that is huge. I um, mean, I think pitching if, if you Darvish is any indication might be a little bit, might be, have a faster impact than the hitting could and i'm not sure why that would be but um because i haven't thought about it but maybe if i think about it or talk to a japanese ball player someday maybe they could uh, tell me why but um i think pitching pitching is ahead of hitting anyway like in almost all aspects of the game it's almost always ahead um i also want to clear something up dubs 1908 says i don't know if this is mike dubs but if it is hi mike um but um he says some people downing Strowman are the same ones wanting Montgomery or some Sonny Gray. I'm not downing Strowman. I wouldn't have been sad if he came back and pitched for the Cubs. I just don't know. And I think it was actually a pretty good fit style wise, you know, because of the defense and stuff, but it just didn't feel right for something about hit. I don't know. Didn't feel like he enjoyed his time here. And I don't know what that was about. I don't know if there he was always, in the media, these guys, you know, they don't want to talk to me about an extension. And, you know, we're all kind of like, hey, dude, like, just why don't you just pitch? Like, may I speculate for a second? Yeah, please. Because I do have a thought here, but it is pure speculation. I have no sourcing on this. This is just like I watch this team a lot and I saw what happened to Stroman being basically the same thing that happened to Wilson Contreras and both of them trying to, like, create some leverage in the media by, like, hey, why isn't the front office talking to me, yo, and, like, the front office going crickets? Um, I kind of think, and I'm not saying that Craig Council is going to fix this because I'm not sure how, like, progressive and, like, that flippy Craig Council is either, but I, I kind of think that there are some baseball players in Chicago who have just not been the David Ross, Mike Napoli mold of what they envision this team to look like going forward. And Contreras found himself on the outs of that. 
Javi Baez certainly found himself on the outs of that. Marcus Stroman found himself on the outs of that. And those media comments were less about, well, you know, part of what I love about those dudes, they have a lot of fire and they put it out there. They're not scared to like say what they think, but part of those comments and part of those, those stories were them trying to put pressure on an organization that was trying to be a little bit more conservative. And so I'm not, I don't even think that it's, who knows? Maybe there's like a David Ross beef there. I mean, one of the things that I thought was super interesting on Marquee Sports Network today, and again, go watch Cubs 360 Live if you haven't yet. It's like kind of running on a loop right now. So if you just catch it at the beginning, you can watch it all the way through. You can see all of this commentary for yourself. They were very gracious to David Ross. Every single host and person that came on thanked David Ross for all the things that he did and said how much they loved him, as they should. And also, when it got to the question of, did all the players love David Ross? No one said yes. Everyone who answered that question was like, oh, well, you know, managers, like and players, there's always some guys who like the guy and there's always conflicts in every in every clubhouse, da, 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 da. And that is telling to me because that is not what you expect to hear on the day where you're trying to like graciously like give the guy his due while welcoming in a guy who just happens to be better. I think there were probably some player conflicts in the Cubs clubhouse with the manager. It would not surprise me if Marcus Stroman and David Ross didn't have like a stellar working relationship, I, which is one of the reasons that prior to us jumping on here to record, when you were like, you, you said, oh, we got to talk about the opt-outs. We got to talk about these players who have been picked up on waivers and whatnot. Yes, we do. And also, I sort of wonder what Marcus Stroman is thinking today, because if one of the factors that led him to opt out was the leadership in the clubhouse, that has changed. So... I don't know if that means he'd be open to discussion, discussing an extension if they wanted to have that discussion. I mean, I think those are Jed's decisions, so maybe that's not going to happen anyway. But it, it was just an interesting thing to think about. I mean, that's what I, I, I said. Again, that. no sourcing there. That is just me, like, ripping off of stuff I see. Well, I mean, that's how much I like Marcus Stroman. I think he's a good fit if they would throw a little confidence his way. Like, hey, you're going to anchor this. I'm not saying that he's the ace. Like you'd love two aces. Like he doesn't want to be the ace. He, he wants a guy on the team that's better than him too. You know, like, cause he wants to win. You can tell he's a competitive guy and he's, and I also think that he has extracurriculars that he's also interested in, you know, and some, and a fashion line and he wants to be involved in the community. And he's definitely, he has a book and he, he, he does a lot of other things. So Chicago's a big market. Why wouldn't you want to be in Chicago? You'll sell a lot of whatever you're trying to sell people. You know, Cub fans will buy anything. So, um, you know, why that wasn't a good fit, I don't know. But except for what you're bringing up is that David Ross and maybe maybe that coaching staff or you saw the the two bullpen guys go. Uh, we'll never know because these guys are tight lipped. They want other jobs. They don't want to be known as the blabbermouth that because then you'll never get another job. That's right. So um, it's 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 interesting to me that man, but it really would be interesting if Stro came back, and then you would know. But well, he hasn't tweeted anything. I, I, nobody's yeah, nobody said anything like that. But it, it it would be interesting indeed. We're we're currently talking about some of the other player moves that have happened. But if you're joining us, you know that we're here because the big news of the day is that uh, somehow through absolute an absolutely stealth operation that did not leak even to the Cubs office staff until noon today, the Cubs have hired Craig council as their newest manager. He will be the 56th manager of the Chicago Cubs. David Ross has been dismissed 
with lots of gracious gratitude for his services to the Chicago Cubs, both as a player and a manager. And, and whatever team Craig Cancel inherits, he might he has the opportunity now to shape the coaching staff. And I'm curious, Danny, you know, we had just been really excited. I had been really excited at least about, you know, John Maley coming back into the fold, getting a job uh, with the big league team for next year. You've got Tommy Hadovy has been an excellent pitching coach for the Cubs. What do you think the odds are that Council is just going to take the staff he inherits as opposed to trying to stack it with his own people? Well, that's the other thing that's a little bit kind of disconcerting about this is that are you by hiring Council starting in a sense over with some new coaches? And we've started with many a new coach, <laughs> hitting coaches. Hadavi's uh, been around for a while. Um, so you, uh, that would be a big change if Hadavi was gone then. So I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they, when you fire somebody and replace them, you're kind of admitting that your original move was wrong. And so, uh, uh mm, I, I, I'm going to push back on that. They had him. They still got to pay his ass. I mean, there is know. no way. The Cubs would have fired David Ross if Craig Council hadn't fallen into their laps. I agree. It's not I, like they were firing David Ross and doing a search and like going back to interview Joe Espada and Buck Showalter and everybody else. Like they, so then, they, they got, they had an option. It's like somebody said, like, I think somebody said this earlier on the Cubs 360 thing. So I don't want to take their riff, but it's like, you know, you're driving a Prius and somebody's like, yo, I'd like to give you my Mercedes. And you're like, well, cool. Does anybody want a Prius? Like, well, I, I don't need it anymore. Well, that's crazy because, I mean, then they think that uh, Council is so much better than Ross that it was worth doing something so shocking like they did today. It was pretty shocking. I mean, this is I, I do love that Council was trying to set the market four managers and that he was explicit about that, that part of his impetus here was to take the situation that he has going on and to make sure that manager salaries were set at a level that would catch up major league baseball to where some of the other big four professional sports are in terms of how managers and coaches get paid and love that from Craig council as infield fly girl said to me on Twitter, we stand a labor King here in Chicago and, and, IFG and I are already like all over this. I, I, I might have a crush on Craig Council already. It's been like six hours and I'm like, oh, that, that's kind of cool. And that's kind of cool. And Craig Council's kind of hot. Like, I'm like, this, this is great. Um, hot. But, oh my God. <laughs> you need new glasses. <laughs> I just got new glasses, Danny. Anyway, uh, <laughs> my point is we like the labor aspect and we like the fact that he wanted to punch Prince Fielder for not bunting. And he, we like the fact that he had the, <laughs> nerve to say he would punch Prince Fielder like all of this is crazy right no but seriously um I do wonder I don't know I just lost my train of thought like I, I got into the Craig Council as hotland and yeah Corey's, now in here. Corey's in here like losing his mind and I just have to say <laughs> well, well always remember David David Ross Corey disagrees <laughs> he says that's disgusting agreed Corey agreed well, we'll always remember David Ross for his double bird. That was that was a good Ross a moment. Gesture to Jack Peterson. And I, I think this was Cody Del Mendo that made this. Or no, it was Michael Cerami, I believe, or Brett Taylor. I believe this is a picture of David Ross in Dr. Strangelove riding the atomic bomb. 
Oh, That's actually, John B knows where I was going because this is, was this was where I was trying to go before I got distracted. Um, you're not a labor king if you whack a colleague. I agree. And David Ross took one today that no one would ever want to take in any workplace. And I, I still have a soft spot for David Ross. That man brought a ring to the city of Chicago. John Pincus has a new Christmas song. I see Sarah kissing Craig. <laughs> and then Listen. I'll put uh, Corey Furlong's That's Disgusting up again <laughs> because it is. <laughs> uh, let's close this out with two other moves that I think are interesting just because they tell us a little bit about which players Craig Council might be working with next year. And one of these in particular, I I'm very sad to see go. Uh, Jeremiah Estrada has been claimed off waivers by the San Diego Padres. That is an arm. That is live. And I know he uh, he walked a lot of guys. He never really figured it out in the bullpen role that he was given with the Cubs. But I want him to figure it out because the stuff is legitimate. I, for, I remember the first time I saw Jeremiah Estrada pitch at Wrigley. I was like, oh, my God, the Cubs have a guy who can do this. Uh, and that offseason, I, I remember I was listening to Rates and Barrels and Eno Saris, who has a stuff metric that is publicly available on Fangraphs if you want to go check out. Uh, that stuff, stuff plus metric, which is just a measure of how great a single pitch or an, a group of pitches for a pitcher are. Um, that model really liked Jeremiah Estrada. And so I, I will miss having Jeremiah Estrada as one of the guys that the Cubs could theoretically go to in a bullpen role. The other guy, and I think this is interesting for just roster construction reasons, Jared Young, who has been sort of the backup first base guy whenever the Cubs decided that Matt Mervis was dead to them, that came up at the end of the year to to be, to play first base and and hit some pretty clutch doubles down the stretch. Uh, Jared Young is now a Cardinal, so we'll see him in yeah. red. Well, there's another guy that Ross didn't give a chance because he actually wasn't half bad. So they were messing around with Mancini and Hosmer at first base, and Jared Young could have played it almost the entire time. He could have played anywhere. He good first, second, third. Like he could play a little outfield. Like they have him as a a. a like a utility guy. So the Cardinals and he hits, he hit pretty well last year too. He just kind of got too old to be in their system. I think, cause what is he? 27, 28, but yeah, he's, he's real old for a rookie. This is not a guy that's like a traditional rookie. Uh, yeah. Danny, let's close not this yet. one out. I know that neither of us planned on recording today, but when you get a new manager dropped in your lap that you weren't even expecting and Facebook user wants to know, has Mary Craigsmith been mentioned as an as an option yet that that seems like it's got some legs is that um, a song merry merry christmas merry craigsmith or how about white craigsmith white craigsmith i don't know no 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 no, no that but, could go wrong in a billion different ways let's yeah. not let's not yeah. go there let's, yeah we let's, don't need that yeah. let's keep that one out um danny blue, uh, blue craigs blue craigsmith Oh, Is that's pretty cubby good. Blue I got a blue. Yeah, I'll have a blue Christmas without you. The old uh, Presley song. Without I like him. it. Well, but like we we don't have to be without him because he's here now. Anyway, I I'm gonna stop thinking too literally about this. Danny, what's your final take that you want to leave uh, listeners with? I know that you're gonna do San Ranto tomorrow and uh, have even so, more yeah. on this as we learn more. We'll hear more probably from the Cubs front office from. Uh, Craig Council's people, maybe from Craig Council himself. I know they're planning on introducing him at Wrigley next week. So we'll definitely have more about that then. But what's what's your final takeaway here? I'm just a little bit uh, flabbergasted and shocked at the entire thing. You know, I was not expecting this. I am pleasantly surprised. I didn't think Jed had it in him. And he had to do something because otherwise it was going to be him next. 
because you know it's a, it's all his fault. It's <laughs> basically everything that happened. So um the Bucks got to stop somewhere and now it's going to stop. I've I've honestly never liked David Ross as a manager, loved him as a player. Um I've I thought it was going to be great if he could have grown into that role of manager. I didn't see it happen. I think he was over his his head. I think the fans were sick of seeing it and um you know, I think then I'm glad they moved on now because otherwise we're going to waste another year of, of these guys that are starting to pop their heads up through the minor leagues into the majors. And uh, we can't have what happened last year. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen with Canario sitting on the bench with guys sitting after hitting grand slams. I mean, it was just unconscionable. Um, and just, and, and, you know, pitching dudes till their arms fell off. And I granted, granted they didn't have, you know, too much back there as far as depth goes in the bullpen, but they're, they made a lot of dumb moves and just they didn't trust Javier Assad. And then he just do nothing but shove like, you know, it was just thing after thing after thing with that guy. So I'm, I'm happy they're moving on and it makes me look forward to next season. Cause to be honest, last season wasn't that fun. And so if it was going to be a repeat of that, of a 500 squad going out there, that I would not be interested. Now there's now I feel like I got something new to watch and something I feel like they're building for the future. Five years. So hopefully it won't take that long. <laughs> I do think that the first point you made is the one that I want to return to here because this is what I've been thinking about too. Uh, or over the weekend, I had a, had a chance to talk a lot of baseball at first pitch Arizona um, with a ton of mostly fantasy people, but a handful of Cubs fans who were also there. And one of those Cubs fans is a guy named Mike Armstrong, um, we were ch- chatting a little bit about Jed Hoyer specifically, and I, and I, you know, he kind of, he kind of gave me a little bit of, a little bit of grief today because I had been riffing on Jed Hoyer's inability to make big moves. Like I just felt like he never did the bold thing. He always did the safe thing. He's always like playing in the margins of like the 60 to 80th percentile, and and that that would be make things difficult for him in terms of winning a championship at some point in time. And you know, I just have to say. This is the boldest thing I've ever seen Jed Hoyer do, and I am here for it. I think it is an absolutely great move for the Chicago Cubs. And I am really excited to see what this Cubs team does next year with Craig Cancel at the helm. Um, Our friend Dennis Huffman adds that uh, Jesse Rogers has reported that Drew Smiley has not opted out. So he will be back for 2024. And that's, you know, that's a potentially useful arm for the Cubs, both as a starter and in the pen. I know he ran out of gas. He's never really thrown more than 90 or hundred quality innings in a season, but if the Cubs could use him in creative ways that we watched him pitch a perfect game before Jan Gomes tackled him to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe this time if Gomes, he doesn't tackle him, we'll see that next year. Speaking Fine. of Jan Gomes, we get more Jan Gomes next year, people. You Young know how Gomes. I feel about that. You can hear more about my takes on Craig Council, Jed Hoyer, and Jan Gomes by following me at BCB underscore Sarah. Make sure that you're also following Bleed Cubby Blue for all of your news. I'm going to have a piece out there tomorrow with more thoughts on my trade here, and I'll have writing there all off-season long. Danny, where can people find you and your work? I'm at Sunranto. And also follow the Bleacher Bunch, and would you give us a review? You know, go to the iTunes or wherever you listen to the show. I know people are watching live right now, but uh, we do have this podcast feed and we'd like to, uh, for more people to know about it. Help our ranking and give us a review. And, you know, I'm going to put I'm going to play uh, Ross's accountability again to after you're after we say goodbye. So I'm, I'm so- right there. So I'll say goodbye. So bye, everybody. Sounds like a plan. I mean, if you Danny's music is one of the best parts 
of being a Cubs fan. And so definitely give Danny and his music, the Bleacher Bunch Band, uh, or the Bleacher Bum Band, Bleacher yeah. Bunch Network, yeah, Bleacher, Bleacher Bum, Bum Band. band yeah. A lot of bees here, you, y'all. Like it's And it's been a long day. But thank you for joining us. It was a crazy day of Cubs news. And we will be here all offseason with everything you need to know. Anytime something big happens with the Chicago Cubs, we are going to cover it. So make sure you're following us. Give us a five-star review and a rating. It helps other people find the show. And until the Cubs sign Juan Soto or Shohei Otani, <laughs> talk to you next time. Ross's accountability, all the nonsense has to stop. Accountability. There's no more option, no BP, no more Mr. Nice Grandpa. Hold yourself accountable. Ross's accountability, if you go out there and stink. Accountability. David will get nasty and mean and he'll tell you what he thinks. Accountable, accountable. No more missing signs or sloppy fielding like last year. Accountability. If they're thrown out on the bases, Ross will get up in their faces. Ross's accountability lets all be responsible. Accountable. Doing their jobs out at Wrigley be so accountable. Accountability, holding guys accountable.